You're listening to a sermon from Darabin Presbyterian Church. Visit us online for more resources or to get in touch. 1 Peter 1, 1-3 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1, 14 to 15. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 12. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Hi, my name is Ken and I'm going to give us the sermon today. So let's pray. Uh, Our God, Abba Father, you are a holy God, and we pray to you today, uh, humbly asking that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing to you, O Lord. Amen. Saints. What do you think about when you hear the word saints? Uh, Maybe your mind wanders to St Kilda Beach. As cold as it is, no Melburnians know the lovely sunsets across the Port Phillip Bay, or the freezing cold icy waters in the summertime with fairy penguins waddling out at dusk. Maybe it's the Sunday markets on the Esplanade or or even Luna Park. Or maybe being a Melbourneian, you know, you've got that footy fever running through your veins and you're thinking about the Saints, the footy club, and some of the biggest names like, you know, Tony Lockett's record as the plugger. Colloquially, some use the word saints as being like a great dude. I like the phrase, he was such a saint. UrbanDictionary.com says that saints uh, is a person having the qualities of good intentions, willing to help, great sympathy and well-mannered. Well, last week we started a topical series called A Place to Belong. And it aims to help us see the local church our church, as God sees it. See, it's all about how we can love our local church community and live as a people who belong to God. And our topical series uh, brings us today about how we, as a church, are saints. What does this word saints mean? Well, interestingly, uh, the word saints, it's not used in the NIV uh, 2011 version that we use at church. I think the reason is that many people use the word saints quite differently. You know, I grew up knowing the word to be pretty much synonymous with uh, someone that identifies as a Christian. So if the word saint was used, you just substituted for the word Christian 
and you're rolling again. Like when we pray for the saints being persecuted overseas, you know, we're praying for the Christians being persecuted. Or when you hear a Christian song that uses the word saints in it, well, I just substitute that word for Christian uh, to work out what those lyrics are talking about. Other Christians may have grown up with this word used more as a title uh, for more special positions of holiness as a saint instead of maybe the stock standard Christian like you or me. I understand that the Catholic Church has a formal process to canonise people of particular importance, and they title these Christians who lived out their faith with this heroic sanctity of saints. Other churches as well, they have lists of saints. The Anglican Church, they recognise a list of pre-Reformation saints and celebrate the sanctity and zeal of past Christians in their liturgical calendar of prayers. But all these views actually miss the mark a bit. You see, uh, the word saint doesn't come from the original Hebrew or Greek. It's actually derived from the Latin word sanctus. It's where we also get the word for sanctification or sanctified. And so this root word sanctus has this meaning of being holy, being set apart and pure. It's our characteristic identity of God's people across the Bible that we see. For example, if you've been with us earlier this year, you might remember back in Exodus, where God calls his people, the Israelites, to consecrate themselves and to be his holy people, together as his saints. And so today we're going to see who the saints are and some practical applications of how we, as his church, as our local church community at DBC, should live as saints together. Because the big idea today is that our local church is a community of saints. And because of God's mercy, we should live as saints and have an impact on those around us too. So I've got three main points. I will see that we are God's saints, and that we are called to live as God's saints, and this impact that we have around those around us as we live our lives out as God's saints. So firstly, we are God's holy people, his saints. In the New Testament, the apostles often write letters addressing the church, and often the church is addressed as the saints. The NIV might use the word holy, but if you're looking at the ESV, you'll see that they use the word saints often. For example, in Ephesians 1 verse 1, Paul addresses God's holy people, the saints. The saints were in Ephesus, and in Philippians as well. In Philippians 1 verse 1, Paul also writes to all God's holy people, uh, in Christ Jesus, to all the saints. And in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2, Paul writes to those sanctified in Jesus Christ and called to be his holy people. Again, we see they're called his saints. Uh, Peter also uses the word saints uh, in his books, 1 Peter. Uh, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, from verses 1 to 2, Peter writes that to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. We see this sanctus word again, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. So Peter's speaking here to the early church. They're scattered, they're spread out all across Asia Minor, or what you might say modern-day Turkey. And although there were exiles scattered living all over the earth amongst the Gentile nations, 
These people are all God's saints, God's holy people. Now read with me from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, from verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You might be familiar with some of the phrases and language. Uh, they're quoted from Exodus 19, Exodus 19 verses 5 and 6. That's uh, what God called his people, the Israelites, after they'd been set free from the Egyptian slavery. Uh, he calls them God's treasured possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And 1 Peter uses language again, but he applies this word to the church. That this is their identity as God's holy people, his saints who are set apart from the world around them. And you see there's four different aspects of their identity as saints here. First, first the church is called a chosen people. Chosen people. A group of people who God had selected and elected for himself. People that he had called, saved, redeemed to be with him. Now Aaron touched on this idea last week. And being chosen means that we are part of God's special set-apart people. We've been chosen by God, not because of anything we've done, uh, but simply because of God's grace. Uh, secondly, the church is a royal priesthood. It's a, a people that belong to God as their king. A priesthood to dwell with and encounter God, to worship God as his spiritual temple house, as his church. Now, this means that being part of a member of God's saints, it's a privilege, isn't it? It's being priests who have access to God's holy presence and can dwell with him, even if we're only meeting online even today. And then they're also called a holy nation. A holy nation, set apart, distinct people, made sacred and different and pure. And together as this nation constituted uh, of God. And finally, the church is a special possession uh, special. We are treasured, cherished, adored by God. God loves and uh, and rules over every nation on the planet. Everything belongs to him, but he has chosen his people, his church, to be his special possession. So you see, all these facets show us different aspects uh, that we as a church are God's saints. We're his special people, owned and chosen, set apart to be with and to belong to our God. The people doesn't write about individual Christians here. Not, it's not about each being a saint and living our lives as a saint. I mean, that's true as well. But here the language is a people together, a community, a church of saints. And so God's saints should identify as God's people, distinct, pure, precious, a people to belong with and to worship God. So who are God's saints? Well, we see in our passage that everyone in this church collectively are saints, aren't we? It's not just the apostles or past key figures in church history. I mean, all of us as Christians are called to belong to God as his saints. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're one of God's saints? And what are the characteristics of these saints? Well, Peter, he describes them as already chosen by God, as, as this royal priesthood that intercedes and worships God, a holy nation distinct from the world, a special possession treasured by God. And how do we have this identity as God's saints? Well, it's because of God's mercy. I look at verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received it. Uh, before being saints, we are people who don't identify with God, but now we are the people of God. And how does this occur? Well, Peter continues to say that we had previously not received his mercy, but now we have received it. You see, it's past tense. Well, look back at uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter says that in his great mercy, he's given us this new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's through the resurrection of Christ. We have this new birth and a living hope. You see, this mercy that we received is Christ. It's what he's already accomplished for us on the cross. And we are saved and redeemed to be God's holy people, his saints. And because of this, we can have a relationship with God. Because of Jesus' work on the cross, we are made holy. And so as God's people, as we are saved by his great mercy, uh, by what Christ has already accomplished for us, and we are already saints. But the word saint and Christian, they're not exactly the same word either. Uh, a Christian is someone who belongs to Christ. But a saint describes the characteristics of that Christian. We are chosen by God, his special possession, to be holy, preset apart, distinct, and to relate and worship and bring glory to God. And all Christians are saints because we all belong to a holy God and we're all chosen to dwell with him, saved by Christ to be holy. So how do we as a church see ourselves as the saints? Now just to be clear, we are already in this position, position as a holy saint. We see that from 1 Peter chapter 1, that we're already chosen by the Father. We're already sanctified by the Spirit and saved by the mercy of Jesus' blood for us. But we're not perfect either, are we? By Jesus' blood, we've already been freed from the penalty of sin. And by the work of the Spirit, sin doesn't have any power over us anymore. But until that final day, we are still waiting in hope to be freed from the full presence of sin. So we're not perfect, but we should be eagerly desiring to be more and more like our God. And if we belong to God as his saints, we should want to continue to be captivated by him and to imitate who he is in his likeness, to be holy as he is holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14, 14 verses from 14 to 15, it says that, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had, and when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who calls you to be holy, calls you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it's written, be holy because I am holy. You see here the saints are already holy and are also in a process of being more and more holy. And because God's mercy, we are his saints. And so now we are called to live out and our lives as these saints too. Uh, secondly, we're called to live as God's holy people, as his saints. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2 again, from verses 11 to 12, uh, Peter gives us some directions on how we can live as God's saints. Uh, verse 11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your souls. Uh, just as the Israelites were living as exiles in Exodus, just as the early church in 1 Peter, they were scattered across the nations. And so we are also to live as people who don't belong to this world. We're already God's holy people, and so we should live our lives with this identity in mind. 
And this means that we should sometimes maybe turn away from some things or say no to some things. Things that are not fitting with our identity as God's holy people. So I wonder what sins in your life uh, do you need to repent of to be more like Christ? What things are pulling you away from worshipping God and serving him fully? And there might be some bad things like greed or lust or selfishness. Maybe there are also some seemingly good things that we're putting in the way of worshipping God. Like our work or study or, or family or, dare I say, even your ministry at church. But maybe as a church we can actually live as God's saints, saints that teach and rebuke and correct and train each other by his word to live for him and dwell with him. It's hard work, isn't it? To go against the flow of our own sinful desires and the world around us, to be different. But as a church that belongs to God, we can be saints that help each other to flee from the sin and and be more pure and holy, more like our God. And at the end of verse 11, it says that this is because there is this spiritual war, it's this real battle to live out our identity as God's saints. So don't be fooled, Satan and his army, they're always tempting to pull us away from God. But together as God's saints, we must march onward home. We must fight the battles together and help support each other because uh, really it matters. Our souls are at stake in this war. We're fighting not against the world out there, but it's against these evil desires in our hearts. I mean, that's where the front line of the battle is. Each heart, precious to God. So surely this should matter to our church too. And what's the key to all this? What's the cure? Well, the cure is love. Love. Turn back with me uh, to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. It says that now you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. God loved us in his great mercy. His love poured out for us in his blood. He died for us. And so we should have no other response but to love each other too. A love that builds up the saints to live holy and distinct lives for God. And so thirdly, what's this impact of us living as God's holy people, as his saints? In verse 12, we see that it's not only our souls in the local church which are at stake here, but it's also those around us too, isn't it? In verse 12, uh, read with me, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, uh, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. What does this term pagan mean? It's, it's a bit of an offensive term to our ears, but put simply, it contrasts those who are openly saying that they don't believe, uh, that choose to live their own way, compared to this holy identity of God's people. So there's this stark contrast here between the secular world being labelled as pagans and the saints that are living a holy life for God. Read it again with me. Live such good lives among the pagans. You see, there's no mention here that being a saint is about you know retreating away into this uh, from this world into a holy huddle monastery. Now Jesus said we are not to be of the world, but he also says we are to be in the world among it. And as we live our lives as saints among those who don't know God, we can expect two main impacts. Uh, Accusations of doing wrong 
and people joining us in glorifying God. Now, it's interesting, in verse 12, uh, people accuse us of doing wrong, and that we should actually expect and anticipate being challenged in our outward life. It shows us that we will struggle, uh, and that despite our best intentions, that the world around us is actually against God, and will put up this hostile barrier to our faith. But despite this, we must keep striving to live our lives holy, blameless, pure, good, true, so that at the end, on that day, people around us will bow down and worship and confess that Jesus is their Lord too. So don't be disheartened. We can expect this mixed response as we live out our lives as saints. Some people will see our good deeds and join us in glorifying God. But along the way, we can also expect some people to still accuse us of doing wrong. And so this is a call to live our lives as saints, as such great witnesses to those around us, that others might also see this contrast, that we are set apart as God's saints, and that they might call on his name too. And this takes us to a step further, not only to live internally as his church, belonging together as saints, but to also live as a church of saints externally too, to show the world who God is. Now, not that anything we do will change someone's heart for God. That's God's work to elect and to choose and to save people for himself. But it does mean that we will actually have an impact on those around us, what we do. Our actions can draw people nearer or they might drive them further away from God. And so we are living such bad or such good lives among the pagans, with the people you meet, your classmates or colleagues, your family and friends, to those who don't really know God, maybe even this week, those half-bodies on Zoom. How are you conducting yourself as a saint? Can they see our good deeds as a church, or, or are we only doing good internally, or, or maybe even worse, are we doing not so good of being an example? And maybe at a more personal level, what in your life do you need to repent of or change to demonstrate this identity as a saint to those around you? Or maybe to put it another way, how how can you be more explicitly distinct in living out such a good life so that you can make this loud and clear declaration to your loved ones, to our community, that they might also know and trust in God? For me, I think I don't spend enough time with uh, people in my community. Uh, Often I feel I'm quite busy with church life or family activities or work. And so the challenge for me is to get out there more, to invest in relationships with those around me, uh, to spend more time and effort and be bolder to share snippets of God's goodness with those I meet, to get to know them and and so that they can also get to know the gospel of Jesus. And that's hard for me because I'm actually quite an introvert. I'm also not talking about here about being proud about you know how good or holy I am compared to these you know pagan lifestyle out there. I'm obviously in as much debt to God for my own salvation as those around me. But I think I do need to be more willing not just to fit in and get people to like me, but to be set apart and distinct so that others might come to know and trust in Jesus. I mean, wouldn't that be wonderful? So how are you involved with your local community? Maybe you need to be spending more time and energy to get to know the people around you at your local shops or 
uh, the neighbourhood that you live in during lockdown. Maybe during lockdown you can have a, a gospel conversation with some people at your local park this week. Or could you spend some time during lockdown or even the next month or so sharing more of your life with people around you, your colleagues, your classmates, and using every interaction with each person you know to be able to be this catalyst of gospel truth, a light to those around us. So that by our words and actions, our people around us will see such good deeds and that we will show them the goodness and joy of the life that is in Christ as saints. And so we've seen that Christians that belong to God are saints, and because of that we're different to the world, so we live these holy lives both for our own good and for this positive influence to those around us too. So how do we apply some of this to our life as a church today? Well, I think firstly it's about our identity. Do you see yourself as part of God's saints? Personally, I think I find it not too hard uh, to know that I'm a Christian, you know, chosen by God, that I belong in a, and I'm, I'm seen as a special possession uh, individually. But sometimes what I forget is that it's really about uh, all of us together, saved as a people who belong to God, that we're a church. We, as a church, are this special possession, this chosen nation, this local community set apart as priests for God. So that might include Frank and Johnny, who are a bit irregular at coming to church, or might also include Bill and Ted. You know, I don't really get along with that well, because they smell a bit funny. Uh, but isn't it amazing that we together, seemingly insignificant misfits in the eyes of the world, yet are all precious and saved as God's special chosen people? Uh, secondly, I think it's about our actions. Uh, we need to be living as saints with the saints. And we need to be living as saints among the world too. Living as saints with the saints. And uh, maybe for you it means that you need to live more of your life with your saints. You can do this by coming to church on Sundays regularly. Or during lockdown, maybe it's about not only watching church online, but then also logging into the Zoom after church. Or we can do this by getting more involved in your gospel community during the week and, and living and sharing your life with each other more. And I think as we live lives and interact with each other, well, we need to continue to spur each other on, to encourage each other to walk with God. Remember 1 Peter chapter 1, 22 says, Love one another deeply from the heart. We're called to love each other and as saints, we do that by helping each other live life set apart for God. And maybe even when, when we hop on Zoom tonight, could we spend less time talking about our occupations or our footy tips, maybe less complaining about the current lockdowns, and more about our spiritual struggles, the struggles of our souls, to help each other against the spiritual war that we're facing and the people uh, in the world and the accusations that we face by living as exiles in this world. And can we be more open and more honest and love each other deeply and richly from the heart? And can we challenge each other to be accountable by living holy lives just as our God is holy? I think if someone asks me what being a Christian is, 
The last thing I'd usually say is that, you know, I'm part of this community of exiles or a royal priesthood or a holy nation. But here we see that that's what Peter calls us as God's chosen people, to be his holy priest, to be this church that's separate and pure and unique from our secular world. And it starts by being a community that belongs, doesn't it? That shares our lives with each other, spends our time and energy and is boldly real with each other. To get to know each other more intimately. And maybe to be praying for each other and helping each other live out our lives as God's saints. So maybe when you're at church again, or when you're serving in your ministry team, or, or attending GC or some church meeting, brothers and sisters, keep building up. God's saints. And as we go out this week, how are we going to be living out our lives as holy saints? I mean, that, maybe that means saying sorry to someone at church or, or asking for their forgiveness and, and praying for yourself and others that God might do a good work in you. Or maybe that means forgiving someone that has wronged you, forgiving and laying that burden on Christ instead so that you can declare the praises and not be hindered in worshipping God with your whole life, with your whole heart. Or maybe that means sharing that deep hidden sin with a trusted brother or sister in Christ, so that they can pray for you and can help you be accountable and to, and to encourage you to live a holy life to the one that has shown us his great mercy. And also, how do we live as saints among the world? Do we need to change how we live our lives this week with those around us so that we can live such good lives as saints? How can we be a people that are saints for our friends and our colleagues, showing them God's love and beauty and goodness by our words and our actions? Can we be a special possession of God, striving together in unity and then living such good lives that even though we will face accusations, and that people around will still be fully convinced by this great witness of Christ, of our good deeds, and that they will know and glorify God. We can do that in how we conduct ourselves as, as distinct and holy and, and practically loving people in practical ways. So how are we being saints to those around us? I think many of my colleagues might know that I go to church each weekend, but I was challenged to think of the last time I personally invited someone to church or even to church online. When was the last time you invited someone to our church? I think inviting people to church uh, and into our, the lives of our church community is a great way that we can be a positive witness as saints. Or if maybe that sounds too bold, can you at least be praying for people around you? And when you show such good deeds, maybe you can also share God with them and invite them into our local church community. Or even to some upcoming church events like uh, Bigger Questions later on, or Life Explored. And that way we as a church, we can be saints that show our world who Jesus is together. Saints. What do you think about now when you hear the word saints? We see in 1 Peter today that saints are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, 
so that we can declare God's praises. We're all God's saints. And by his great mercy, we all belong to God. Do you believe this? And because we are saints, we must live as saints. Saints that help and support each other from our own sinful desires that wage war in our hearts, this spiritual war deep in our hearts. Saints that live out exceptional lives for God as a local community to be this great witness to those around us. Well, may God remind us today of how special and how treasured we are as his saints. And may God challenge us to live lives as his saints so that people will truly sing that famous tune, O when the saints. Or when the saints go marching in, how I'd love to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, I help us this day to be fully assured as your saints. Uh, build us up as saints and help us to live out our lives in unison with our brothers and sisters and with our Christian family as a place to belong in the local church and also as saints that would show such good deeds to the world around us uh, that you would be glorified. Amen.